Before we get started, you should probably know that the following podcast contains strong language and conversations of an adult nature. Also, it will almost certainly contain spoilers. Hello and welcome to a bonus ode of Strong Language and Violent Scenes. <laughs> Yay! We're here, we're creeping into your feeds. That's another one of these. It is. I am, of course, Mitch Bain, a lapsed horror writer and an occasional doer of musical things. And I'm your old pal, Andy Stewart. So, well, I kind of think that if you have been following the podcast for a little while and you pay attention to the pattern with which these bonus odes tend to appear, <laughs> you might have an idea what we're talking about today. Yeah, and plus the title of the show might have given it away. Yeah, the fact that this is called The Celluloid Screams Bonus Ode <laughs> is probably enough of a clue to the fact that today we are going to talk about the recently announced lineup for Celluloid Screams 2019. Celluloid Screams returning for this, its 11th iteration. Yeah, and surely its biggest iteration so far, the Thursday evening and three whole days after that as well. Yeah, running as it always does at the Showroom Cinema in Sheffield from the 24th to the 27th of October. Now, before we jump into the lineup about this, because I think that I'm quite happy to just go line by line on the lineup and just talk a little bit about each of them. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at time of going to press, there are some weekend passes available for this, but very, very few. I think we might be in single figures. Yeah, almost sold out yeah. day one. Yeah, so yeah. don't sleep on it if you are thinking about heading along, because it is going to be a great weekend, but the time is short if you want to take in the whole thing. Yeah, that is true. Uh, I'm not going to touch too much on the shorts. Okay, that's Just fine. because we'll maybe dig into things in deeper detail. Uh, I will be at the festival briefly. You will be there for the whole thing. I will be there for the whole thing, that's correct. Correct, yes. So, should we just get into this? Yeah, let's do this. Let's so, do this. Thursday, 24th of October, opening gala, 8pm, Ricky Bates Jr.'s Tone Death. Now, I am, as a lot of people will know at this point, a massive fan of Ricky Bates' work. Uh, yeah, I think anyone who's listened to this show for five minutes will know. Yeah. Um, I like suburban gothic, but particularly um, excision and trash fire have been big touchstones yeah, in kind of my tastes and things. And um, when the festival lineup started getting announced this summer, I was kind of I was hoping for it for Fright Fest, and I was hoping for, it, but I had a, had a feeling it would maybe turn up here, right? Because obviously they've shown his work before. They've shown uh, everything he's ever done, way back to the shot for excision. excision. Really, yeah. that's uh, that, that, that's cool. Um, so yeah, it it kind of it's cool as well then that somebody who the festival has got behind for so long and somebody who has such a unique voice as well. It's kind of it's kind of culminated in this tone deaf opening the festival this year. Starring Amanda Crew, Robert Patrick, kind of slashery thing, I believe. Yeah, I think it's kind of a kind of troubled woman escapes to the countryside kind of thing. Yeah, and then kind of encounters a strange guy. Yeah, and it kind of unfolds from there. I think that uh, this sounds great. Basically, uh, he's got a hundred percent success rate for me uh, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to it like I say I think that like anything for any festival this year this has been top of my wish list so I've been, I'm very excited to see it yeah and Robert Patrick's just one of the best bad guys out there yeah he will just turn up be Robert Patrick and everything will be great <laughs> After Tone Deaf, 11pm, Girl on the Third Floor. Right, so Travis Stevens' directorial debut, Girl on the Third Floor. We've talked about it loads on the show. Uh, Travis Stevens' name is probably on about 60-70% to of the horror that you've enjoyed over the last few years. <laughs> um, he attaches himself almost exclusively to projects that I think are amazing. I was really excited to see Girl on the Third Floor at yep. Fest. I was not let down by it. It's a kind of uh, really, really interesting chamber piece thing. I think that when the 10 comes for you to see it, you will love it. 
Mm-hmm. It's coated in that Andy Stewart brand layer of slime. <laughs> as well if it's jizzy it's just for me yep yep quite a lot of weird looking substances in there so i think that it's probably going to take your boxes no i mean like genuinely this was uh i think this is a really really remarkable film i'm really looking forward to seeing people i i think that the midnight slot's quite a bold place to put it because it is quite slow right okay. but mm-hmm. not in a bad way but it's just like i think that like yeah um it's it's an interesting piece of programming but people are gonna love it so that's it for the thursday and after that it's just boozing for the rest of that night um and then we have the friday friday the 25th of october okay so uh this was just a couple of films last year three films i think it's a whole day uh this year it is yeah kicking off uh, well there's, there's something happening at 12 o'clock that day right uh <laughs> well yeah so uh more on that in the film this time <laughs> yeah yeah when's the first film 2 p.m yeah you might want to free up some time before that just you know yeah just just an hour and some change look just don't make lunch plans okay yeah so uh yeah something at 12 o'clock which will become clear down the line 2 p.m harpoon yes harpoon okay so people i didn't see this at right fest but um the people who did seem to have a pretty good time with it however i don't know very much about it okay well uh I, one thing i do know straight off the bat is it's recently been picked up by arrow video oh nice okay cool um harpoon director rob grant just when you thought it was safe to go back in the water when his girlfriend sasha and best friend jonah give hothead richard a harpoon for his birthday sounds like a terrible idea fucking hell uh, he wants to try his new toy out right away don't give a harpoon to a hothead <laughs> so the three of them set out for a day trip to a, on a boat but suspicion of jealousy soon start to get the upper hand before right. long tension is unbearable oh wow okay cool yeah hell hath no fury like a harpoon wielding hothead scorned well, in this case, uh, the boat's engine fails and it turns out they've left their supplies on shore, Mitch. So uh, now I can struggle for survival and Susan. Excellent. Sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. Very yeah. interesting. Uh, no, okay, yeah, like I said, people seem to have a lot of fun with this. Yeah, apparently um, it is great fun. Yeah, uh, yeah. so no, I think it's a really it's a really good way to uh, to kick off the films that day. Yeah, and then the next film is one that I'm particularly interested in. Uh-huh. Antrim. Antrim. Yeah, okay. the deadliest film ever made. Oh, right. Yeah, okay. So, uh, you want to talk a little bit about this then? Yeah, this one's actually coming with a legal notice on the Celluloid Screams website, although I don't know how tongue-in-cheek it is. Aye. Yeah. yeah. There's been, I've seen a load of people who've seen it, and uh, I know previous guest Mitch Harrod posted something about it after he watched it, his toaster exploded or something like that, or <laughs> as a kettle attacked him or something. Um yeah, uh, Antrim, I'm just going to read you the blub for this one. I won't do okay. this for everything. No, it's fine, go for um, it. Antrim is a feature-length film shot in the late 1970s. In 1988, a cinema screening, the film in Budapest burned to the ground, killing 56 people who were in attendance. So uh, enjoy yourselves. <laughs> enjoy yourselves at this, folks. Going to need them to just like very clearly identify the fire exits before the screening starts. Sure, yep. Several other deaths occurred in connection with the film, which contributed to the belief that the film itself is cursed. After a riot at a screening in San Francisco, the film vanished without a trace. Else Films has successfully located the only known copy of the film in existence. Right. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if this is a Blair Witch type building a mythology around something deal, mm-hmm. but it's certainly interesting to me. I mean, like, I mean, yeah, I mean, presumably that is what it is. And much as I would, there's part of me that kind of side eyes stuff like this. I'm also absolutely buzzing for it. Yeah, I mean, and I, I can't wait to see it. Yeah, it sounds really, yeah. really interesting. Yeah, and, really and I'm, I hopefully will see it. Mm-hmm. But that's one of the most exciting films on the whole lineup for me, just because it, it does come loaded with an air of kind of. <laughs> an air of mystique and an air of apprehension around it yeah I always think that stuff like that when it's done well is just like so so great like you know the the death clock thing that was on the the DVD of Final Destination yeah where you answer a bunch of questions and it tells you the day and time that you're going to die (laughs) yeah 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 I'm like doing that and I'm like 
I don't know if I should be messing with this. This feels like messing with forces beyond my comprehension. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, no, but no, Antrim uh, does sound uh, very, very interesting. I'm, I'm very excited for it. Yeah. After that, Extraordinary. Okay. Or Extra Ordinary. Okay. You want to tell me a little bit about that? Sure. So we're dealing with a supernatural comedy here, Mitch. Ooh, okay. Yes. Small-scale hauntings, the do's and don'ts when dealing with levitation and domestic disturbances from beyond the grave are all given a humorous spin and extraordinary. Okay, anybody notable attached to this, director-wise or cast-wise or anything like that? Oh, anybody well, we know? Well, it? Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. Um, weirdly, an Irish-Belgian co-production. I see. <laughs> The pairing we didn't know we needed. <laughs> Together at last. Um, okay, this sounds good. Reason why, I would say I understand the level of skepticism that some people tend to levy at horror comedies. Yeah. However, what I would say is that whenever they show up at Celluloid Screams, they're always very funny. Right. Uh, worth mentioning in this that uh, Will Forty plays a washed-up rock star, Christian Winter, who makes a pact with the forces of evil in return for another shot of fame. Ah, nice. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, no, like, uh, I think that, yeah, like I said, the reason that I'm feeling pretty good about this is because when comedy stuff has been shown at Silo Screams before it's been stuff like Wellington Paranormal ah fucking brilliant and Deathgasm um, Deathgasm yeah um, also uh, I believe What We Do in the Shadows yeah yeah absolutely yeah, yeah so I was, in, I was um, in the room for that so no reason to believe that uh, I won't get on with this yeah uh, 9.45pm Secret Film 1 ooh okay so um, yeah two secret films in the lineup this year maybe it's a good time to talk about just generally the notion of the secret films so generally dun, dun, dun. generally there is one they have been pretty interesting mixed bag over the years um, Things like uh, Downrange. Darling. Darling, yeah. Uh, the Autopsy of Jane Doe. Uh, last year, we had You Might Be the Killer. Yeah, previously they've had things as well, like Asmodexia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As well. So, uh, yeah, and it's uh, it's never not interesting. I have a, and I've, uh, this year, there's two of them. Yeah, I have a couple of ideas about what I think Slash would like to see there. Are you there. prepared to speculate? Obviously, it would be great if one of them was a synchronic. Right, okay. Um, I mean, I think Aaron and Justin have had everything they've made play there as well. Yeah, which is which I think lends a little bit of credibility right. to the notion mm-hmm. that it might be one of it might be that. Also, possibly the Lodge. Right. Okay. Um, Veronica Franz and Severin Fiala's new film. Yeah. Again, kind of partially, just kind of proceeding on the fact that I haven't seen it cropping up at festivals that much yet, and also Goodnight Mommy played at Celluloid a couple of years. It sure did. Oh, sure did. Yeah. I opened for it. You did indeed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah With fifteen minutes it. of stand up. <laughs> <laughs> No, Remnant, of course, yeah. uh, played before Goodnight Mommy. So yeah, like, um, so again, I think that that's not too far of a stretch in terms of if you're coming up with guesses and theories. Mm-hmm. I think that 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 feels credible to me. I mean, those are, those are two good films to to kind of start with. But um, yeah, I also don't have any Plan Bs, so um, <laughs> I, no, I, I really, I'm, I'm not good at this kind of thing. I historically get them very wrong. Yeah, and coming off the back of Creep One and Creep Two, twelve ten a.m. on the Friday, Corporate Animals. Yeah. Uh, the new one from Patrick Bryce. Yes. yes uh, so I actually didn't know anything about corporate animals, and in all honesty, still know very little about <laughs> um, corporate animals. You got? Do you want to enlighten me at all? So pretty interesting. This is coming off the back of the Nothing But Trouble episode because Lucy, played by Demi Moore, okay, is the egotistical megalomaniac CEO of Incredible Edibles, okay. America's premier provider of edible cutlery. I see. In her infinite wisdom, Lucy leads her staff, including her long-suffering assistants, Freddy, played by Karen Sony, and Jess, played by Jessica Williams, on a corporate team-building caving weekend to New Mexico. When disaster strikes, not even their useless guide, played by Ed Helms, who I love. Oh, yeah, great. Okay. Uh, can save them. Trapped underground by a cave-in, this mismatched and disgruntled group must pull 
school together in order to survive. This is really cool. I think that this sounds really promising. Also, again, I just like the fact that Segaloids seem to rally behind filmmakers who work whose work they like films that have played well before in the past. Yeah. It's, it's kind of cool to trace that progression and giving fans, obviously fans of the previous films, fans that have been at the festival and seen these, chance to follow these careers in a way sure. that they might not always have the opportunity to. Yeah. So I didn't actually realize the Corporate Animals was the new Patrick Bryce film until I started looking through this lineup. Right. So yeah, no re- again, no reason to believe why this that this wouldn't work for me because Creep One and Creep Two are amazing. Uh, amazing. And we have <laughs> talked about Creep 1 and Creep 2 at length, at length yeah. on this show so there's not a massive amount more that we need to say about that but that does round out the Friday night yeah and I th- that sounds as well like it's going to play well in the midnight slot as well I think so yeah, yeah. apparently it also contains one of the most uh, unexpected cameos you'll see in recent years oh okay okay yeah. nice yeah. nice so we're kicking off Saturday then with Outback. Outback, okay, cool. I know nothing about that, so tell me. Australian film. Um, Wade and Lisa have hit a rough patch in their relationship and their timing couldn't be worse. They're about to embark on the trip of a lifetime to Australia. Oh, okay. G'day. Tensions are high as they begin their adventure, but Lisa quickly becomes enamoured with the natural beauty of the country and they decide to venture out to Ayers Rock. However, their GPS is no match for the remote dirt roads and never-ending wilderness, and the couple soon find themselves stranded. Oh no. Their situation soon escalates from dire to deadly as they resort to desperate measures in order to survive. Oh, okay. Sounds interesting. So it's not bad again. Sounds like the kind of thing that would play well in an open slot, kind of like get you set up for the day. Uh, what do we have after that? Coming up after that, we have Making Monsters. Okay. When a celebrity couple famed for their YouTube scare prank channel are invited to a friend's converted church in the countryside for a weekend getaway, a series of startling events unfold that spiral them into an inexplicable nightmare. Yeah, it sounds like Sarah Daly and Laurie. <laughs> <laughs> X-Media, the movie. Yeah, yeah true. Um, okay, yeah. I mean, like, uh, this is one of those things that sounds like it's like the premise sounds okay, could go either way. Sounds fine. Yeah, like, yeah, um, yeah reason- reasonably kind of interested. What I am, though... Uh, is very much interested in what comes after this. Yeah, The Nightingale. Yes, uh, yes. the long-awaited second feature from Jennifer Kent, the director of The Babadook. The Babadook. So, yeah, I, again, I see on paper this is something that I don't know if I would necessarily always gravitate towards, but the fact that her name's attached to it and the way people are talking about it in general is kind of piquing my curiosity. Sure. Uh, because, uh, yeah, because we're, we're, we're set in 1825. Yeah, you know yeah. I mean? but remember, so did play The Witch. Yeah, and the witch is and the witch is great. Yeah. Um yeah, got Claire, a young Irish convict woman chasing a British officer through the rugged Tasmanian wilderness, bent on revenge for a terrible act of violence he committed against her family. Yeah. Pretty intrigued by this. Two hours fifteen minutes. <laughs> Bold. It's a it's a hefty boy to drop in the middle of a to drop in the middle of a day. Yep. Um, uh, also coming with a warning that it may contain scenes that some viewers may find distressing. Yeah, that's not no, that's not entirely surprising, I wouldn't say. Um, <laughs> no, no, for a horror movie festival. No. Uh, no. <laughs> it must be quite bad. I suppose for a horror festival, yeah. If you're if you're sing- if you're singling it out kind of over and above the others. Yeah. Then yeah. But no, uh, I've, I, another one I've been looking forward to for a while, another one that I was kinda of hoping would appear at our festival. Mm-hmm. So um no, I'm excited for that. After that we're on a little bit of a streak of stuff that played and played well the at Fright Fest. Fest. Yeah. Because obviously after that, um, we have the opener from Fright Fest this year, Aunt Timpson's Come to Daddy. Brilliant, yep. Uh, yeah, really good film. And uh, we've talked about it again. Regular listeners will know that we're pretty big fans of the film. Yeah, yeah, loved it. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's really, really interesting. Uh, we've got Elijah Wood here uh, playing this character who's trying to like reconnect with his father mm-hmm. and uh, does so by going to his kind of uh, mysterious, isolated beachside kind of... Uh, what would you call it? 
a house. Yeah, I guess, kind of. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, no, uh, and obviously things things escalate and it goes in really surprising, unexpected directions. Aunt Timpson, a little bit of a Travis Stevens character in that um, has previously produced a bunch of stuff that I think is amazing and I was sure. really excited about this going in. And uh, yeah, I had a lot of fun with it. It played really well with an audience um, at Fright Fest as well. And it played well with myself and John McPhail. <laughs> Yeah, when you guys got up with it as well, yeah. Coming up after that, one of my most anticipated films of the year. I feel like this is going to have one of these uh, Tigers Are Not Afraid type things where I miss it consistently until I finally see it. It's Joe Bigos' Bliss. Yes. Now, is this closing out the Saturday? It is, yeah. 11pm. Um, so I've seen this. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's uh, directed by Joe Bigos again, who is um, uh, an alumni of Silent Screams. Previously, uh, almost human played there. Uh, yeah, this is a really interesting one. Uh, yeah, you have um, a woman trying to kind of paint her like magnum opus, and it basically follows her kind of going through this kind of hedonistic, neon lit kind of CD mm-hmm. thing, kind of just charts and follows very intimately her experiences through that. This is really interesting. I think that it is a good call for Midnight because it's short, it's punchy. I genuinely, by the end of it, I felt like I'd been physically attacked by it. Brilliant. Like, uh, it's, it's, it's exhausting in a really good way. But, like, uh, yeah, performance-wise, everybody in here is great. It's just, it's a, it's a really, really interesting film. I think it might be kind of divisive. Yeah? Yeah, because obviously the story's pretty simple. Not a great amount actually happens in terms of plot beats and stuff. Um, and I know that that can be kind of, like, exhausting for some people. So I am interested to see how it plays, but I personally thought it was really good. Excellent. Cool. And that's the end of Saturday. So uh, rolling in to Sunday with another one that played at Fright Fest that I didn't catch, but everyone... In fact, you know why I didn't, you know why I didn't see this? Why? Um, it was when I uh, fell into with Jay Dal, the director of There Are Monsters. <laughs> um, so I had, all the, I had all the best intentions to go to check this film out, and I just patched it because I got really fanboyish about the fact I was talking to the director from There Are Monsters. <sighs> So the film in question here, Why Don't You Just Die? Uh, a Rus- what, what's the film called? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a Russian production. Uh, you've got Matt Vey madly in love with his girlfriend. Oh yeah, so much so that when she makes outrageous requests for him to murder her father, he willingly obliges. Armed with a hammer, Matt Vey arrives at the family's apartment, tragically unaware of the fact that all hell is about to break loose. Blood is spilled before the coffee is served, secrets are revealed, and true motives are brought to light. As layers of deceit begin to unravel, Matt Vey finds himself at the centre of an epic final showdown, but will he make it out alive? Now, apparently, this is an absolute blast. So I've heard. Uh, people are talking about it as kind of being this like super black-humoured, uh, super splattery or kind of violent thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, ve- like, yeah, like very, very funny, very, very over-the-top. I think that on the lineup as presented and looking at what else is on this day yeah. and stuff like that, I think that having a film opening it that's kind of intense but kind of lighter in tone and stuff like that I think is probably a fairly astute piece of booking yeah Um, yep loads of reasons to get excited about that similarly another one that I can vouch for the quality of coming up after that uh, Adam Egypt Mortimer's Daniel Isn't Real I'm really glad that you like this because you've been quite vocal before that you didn't like Adam's stuff before didn't do it for me yeah, didn't like, do it uh, like for you at all. not a little, not even a little. I'm not gonna go too much into that, but I went into Daniel wasn't real at Fright Fest with a little bit of trepidation, and I had absolutely no reason to. I thought it was a really, really cool film, one of the more kind of like distinct and kind of unique, kind of striking things that I saw there. I think that the uh, the the progress that Adam Agent Mortimer's made as a filmmaker, but between those two projects, mm-hmm. between uh, some kind of hate and uh, and this, is absolute night and day feels like a totally different filmmaker, totally different vibe. I think that people who have been in previous years and got on board with things like Mandy and stuff like that, because from the producers of Mandy, this is, well, of course. Sure. Um, yeah, uh, loads and loads of things to like about this. I think it's it's a really interesting film. Again, I don't expect it to be for everyone. Sure. going to be a conversation starter, and I personally think that it's great. 
Cool. Coming up next is one that I've been keeping a close eye on. Yeah, freshly retitled. Yeah, yeah. Formerly known as something else. Yeah. Now retitled after midnight. Um, probably possibly retitled because something else looks really confusing on festival lineups. <laughs> it really does. Yeah. What's it, what, like? What's on for the rest of the day? Something else. Yeah, Daniel isn't real and something else. Yeah, but what though? Something else. <laughs> it's like it's like who's on first. But now it's called after midnight. Yes. Uh, Jeremy and- Gardner, director yeah. of the Battery. Yeah, everyone, yeah, everyone loves the battery. Everyone loves the battery. And Jeremy Gardner's back um, alongside Bria Grant and Henry Zabrowski. Um, uh, Bria Grant continuing to just kind of slay it in general in yeah. horror right now, doing great work and uh, kind of in the podcast world as well. Curiosity kind of uh, leads me to pretty much most things that her name's on. Yeah, well, I think this is a kind of slow burn relationship piece that uh, is also, over the course of this kind of relationship fracturing and falling apart between Jeremy Gardner's character and Bria Grant's character, Mm -hmm. there is also uh, an unseen monster kind of coming, rapping at his door. It was a film I kind of followed while Jeremy Gardner was kind of getting to making it, Mm -hmm. and now I'm just really keen to see it. And certainly what I'm seeing coming out of festivals, but it's already played, and having just played Fantastic Fest last night or the night before, okay. um, certainly people seem to be pretty into it. Uh, Jeremy Garner turning up in loads of stuff this year as well. Like, yeah, um, yeah, uh, and yeah. It's, it's good, basically it's good to see him back on the scene and doing some really good stuff. And yeah, I mean, I, you're right, the general reception and response to this so far has been really positive. I think this is going to be great. Excellent. Yeah, it's been in my... I, I really had hoped that it would pop up at like... I, I, I was fairly sure it would pop up here, but I thought it might have popped up earlier at like Fright Fest or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, after that, another secret film. Yeah. Uh, which... Uh, I, think, I mean, I've kind of already talked about why I think that are the possibles or the things that I would like to see in that spot. Yeah, you could also have a, a Joe Beagle's double and have a VFW. In oh, that'd there. be oh, that'd be cool. Yeah, yeah, I'd be up for that. Yeah, I think that's premiering at Fantastic Fest at okay. some point in the next few days. Okay, so not beyond the realms of possibility that could appear. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, no, yeah, that's that's a good that's a good third suggestion to throw on the pile. Yeah, happy with it. And then all that's left to talk about is uh, the closing film, which is uh, Abe Forsyth's Little Monsters. Yeah. Interesting one, this. <laughs> Go on. So we've got Lupita Nyong'o yes. appearing in this as uh, Miss Caroline, teacher. Um, it's a horror comedy. This time we've got Chris, a uh, failed musician and layabout who, after being dumped, is forced to move in with his sister and a young son. When he meets his nephew's kindergarten teacher, Miss Caroline, uh, played here by Lupita Nyong'o, Chris is immediately smitten and volunteers to tag along on the class trip to Pleasant Valley Farm. <laughs> when they arrive, the children are delighted to discover that their idol, children's TV personality, Teddy McGiggle, Right. Played here by Josh Gad, uh, known best for being the voice of Olaf in Frozen. Or for uh, being the the weird little guy that caused a lot of controversy for them inserting a gay character into Beauty and the Beast. Yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, he is also appearing, but when an unexpected zombie breakout occurs on the trip, Pleasant Valley becomes anything but pleasant. I like that. Um, yeah. So, see, on paper, I'm kind of like, ah, yeah. But again, I kind of like kind of what I was saying earlier about horror comedies at this festival. I've got like I kind of feel like it'll be more than that, and it'll be smarter than that. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, and like I think, and, and I'm kind of there's a presumption of there being something kind of a little bit eccentric about it, and kind of like a little bit left of center in a way that I think will really work with people. I think at this point. Rob and Polly know their audience very well. I think they do, and Rob and Polly and, and everybody else involved, and Lucy as well. I mean, they're putting together amazing lineups consistently year after, after year. Yeah, yeah um, this. I mean, this is only my fourth uh, Celluloid Screams in a row, and every year I think that, like, um, considering especially like kind of back the first couple of years I went when it was just the two days. I think like or kind of like the Friday and the like the Friday couple of films and the Saturday Sunday. I always come away. I think that I get to the end of the year, and most often. 
the kind of genre title that I'm talking about the most and the mo- one that I'm most excited about is often something that I've seen here. Mm-hmm. And on paper, there are loads of opportunities for that to happen again, in my opinion. Like, I, I think that the, the ones that are kind of holdovers and repeats from Fight Fest are good news for me because a lot of them are things that I didn't catch first time around. Sure. They're all things that played really well. Um, they played really well with an audience and they will here as well. And yeah, I've just like, I, I think that like, it's just another year where they've really put together something that is kind of like, I really, like, I know that every time there's a festival lineup comes out, you know, everyone's like, oh, there's something for everyone here. <laughs> like, I think that that is like, that really is true here. Um, I think that whatever you're into, whatever your kind of subgenre of choices and stuff like that, I think that like, it's, really very impressive and earnest attempt to cater to everybody while also kind of tailoring it very specifically to the sensibility that of this kind of festival audience that's been built up over a number of years it feels like to me it's a festival with a very clear identity of what it is yeah i agree than a lot of festivals a more streamlined more intensely curated festival is far more interesting to me yeah, I, I I think that um I, I like the fact it feels totally different to the other festivals that I go to, mm-hmm. um in a really good way. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I, I've got no reason to believe that this year won't be um it's got it's got the potential on paper to be the best year for me. Yeah, so so I'm going to ask you a question, Mitch. No fucking about. Okay, give me your top three picks. Um, uh, okay. Uh, tone deaf, corporate animals, and after midnight with honourable mentions to the Nightingale and Antrim. Okay, for me, I'm going to say girl on the third floor. I'm going to say Antrim, I'm going to say After Midnight, and I'm going to say also because I know it's going to be amazing, Bliss. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it is great. And I think that, like, realistically, it might have been in mind if I hadn't already seen it. Right, cool. <laughs> Excellent. So, I mean, that's that's a rundown of the lineup for Celluloid Screams. Yeah. There's obviously a whole bunch of other things involved there as well. Arrow Video are going to have a presence there this year, I believe. Always good, always good, yeah. great, good to see those guys. Yeah, they have a, a closing night karaoke party. Yeah, always great, always yeah. great fun. Yeah, um, uh, and there'll be live podcasts and stuff like that on. I'm sure around about that time as well who, uh, over the weekend. So. Who could say? Um, also, of course, there'll be a bunch of shorts playing as well. Obviously, we focused our attention mostly on the features. The shorts are always uh, again really nicely curated, really fit the features that they're running with and very they well. Play before the features, I love which that. I think is crucial. I love Absolutely that. But every time we talk about festivals, I fucking bang on about how much I prefer shorts being run with features. But I really do enjoy it, especially when obviously, like you say, a decent amount of thought's gone into well, it. That's how you fucking guarantee people see them that's Otherwise, also true what's the point that's also true yeah yeah it's like um it's yeah more people will see them by definition i would say that's fair yeah. so yeah a whole load of incredible stuff happening from the 24th to the yeah. 27th of october at the showroom if you want to get in on it for the whole weekend there is time but not a hell of a lot of time i don't believe so no 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 now we're down to a handful of weekend tickets so get yourself on to celluloidscreams.co.uk if you want to nab one of the few remaining weekend passes so I'll be like I say I'll be there over the whole weekend. Andy, you'll be there briefly. I'll be there briefly. I will be accepting uh, congratulatory pints for the birth of my child. Yes, absolutely. Uh, so just come and find me. Yeah, <laughs> you'll be the really tired looking guy. Actually, uh, I might not be drinking because I will be driving. Of course, of yeah. course, of course. Yeah, yeah. Fatherhood dictates. Yes. yes. So, how are you feeling about the lineup? Are you going there this year or that kind of thing? If you want to get in touch, talk about it a little more to us, then by all means you can do that. Facebook and Instagram are Strong Language Violent Scenes. You can tweet us as well at Strong Violent PC and you can also email Scenes at gmail.com. Yep, and we will be back on Friday with another episode where we will be talking Final Destination yeah. 3. Yeah, join us then if you can. In the meantime, don't forget, it's better to die a hero than live as food in a world of chuds. Goodbye. Goodbye, guys. You've been listening to Strong Language and Violent Scenes with Andy Stewart and Mitch Bain. Strong Language and Violent Scenes theme by Mitch Bain. Production and artwork by Andy Stewart. Find us on Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts and Podbean. 